good to have you in the Lord's house today. I've been preaching this uh, little series called The High Life. And that's the kind of life I want to live, the good life, God's life. And it's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We've been looking at three different verses, and today we're going to be in verse number 18. For you or me, it would have been as if our car had been stolen. For the single mother living in Africa's impoverished wastelands, it was her donkey. It went missing right at harvest time, and she searched for it high and low. She even reported it to the authorities, but they were unable to help. So she made it a matter of prayer and left it in the Lord's hands, which was all she knew to do. Meanwhile, this single mother faced a bigger problem. Due to a lack of good seed, fertilizer, and rainfall, her crops had been meager and her harvest small. She had very little money for food, and she soon found herself praying more for daily prayer than she did for her missing donkey. She was worried about feeding her children. So she made it a matter of prayer and left it in the Lord's hands, which was all she knew to do. One morning soon thereafter, she walked out of her hut, and lo and behold, there was her donkey, standing there with a hundred pounds of grain on its back. She wasn't sure what to do about it, because she sure was glad to have her donkey back, but she didn't want to take anybody else's grain. Eventually, however, the story was pieced together. A thief had stolen the donkey and was using it on his own farm. One night after grinding his corn, he went to the local tavern to have a few drinks, leaving his donkey outside and burdened down with the sack of grain. Well, the donkey realized he was close to his good home, his own home, and so he decided to return where he knew he would be cared for. And the thief, wishing to remain anonymous, didn't want to come claiming his grain. And so this dear lady was able to feed her family. Two disappointments became a pair of blessings, and God answered both prayers in a very unusual way. And that's why the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I believe this wonderful verse brings out two elements of a thankful spirit. And guys, listen, we need to have a thankful heart. We need to be able to give thanks and praise to God every day in all things because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. First of all, thanksgiving is restoration to the soul. The writer of Psalms 23 once claimed about the Lord, He restoreth my soul. God restores our soul. The implication is that sometimes our souls get out of whack. From time to time, our emotions get out of kilter. In the last part of 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul is telling us how we can keep our emotions and our spirits in a healthy state. In fact, that's what this last paragraph in 1 Thessalonians is all about. Let me read it to you, beginning in verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, Comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, and be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, 
both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ Jesus in you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. This is a recipe for mental and spiritual health. And right here in the middle of it is this admonition to give thanks for all things because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, I want to suggest that a thankful attitude is the opposite of and the cure for three different emotional ailments that every one of us either have suffered or will suffer. For example, number one, giving thanks is the corrective Do I want to say it? Or depression? I really believe it is. Giving thanks corrects depression in our life. Let me introduce you this morning to Billy Sunday. He was a famous baseball player who turned evangelist. In fact, he was a world-renowned evangelist. As a baseball player, he was a great athlete. He played the outfield, had a pretty good bat. But Billy Sunday was known for his speed and his ability to steal bases. After God saved him, he became this world-renowned evangelist. When they introduced him, he would enter the stage, run across the floor, and slide into the pulpit. Capturing everyone's attention. Now you just wished I would do that, don't you? You wished I would slide face first into the pulpit, knock myself out, and you'd get out of here early. But that's not going to happen, all right? Billy was happily married to a woman whose name was Helen. She was affectionately known as Ma Sunday. On November 19, 1935, Billy Sunday suffered a heart attack and died suddenly in Helen's arms. The two were deeply in love. They were life partners together in the Lord's work. And Ma Sunday was devastated. In one single moment, she felt as though she had lost both her husband and her life's work, and she felt herself spiraling down into deep depression. Sometime later, a group of Christian men in Buffalo, New York, approached her and asked her to speak at a special service they were planning in memory of Billy. At first, she didn't think she could speak at all. She told them she was too depressed. But then God spoke to her heart and gave her an idea for a talk. She entitled her speech, Things I'm Thankful For. She developed this long list of Thanksgiving items, and so she got up to speak that day, and this is the way she started. Folks, it's surprising how many things God can reveal to you to be thankful for. If number one, you really want to know them, and number two, you ask Him for His help reminding you. I had no idea there were so many. 
But when I prayed and asked God to help me write them down, they just came into my mind one after the other. And the very first one was this. If Billy had to go, how thankful I was to God Almighty that he called him away in an instant. Billy just cried out to me, I'm getting dizzy, Ma. And then he was gone. How wonderful to be here one second and the very next second be in heaven. Never knowing any real pain or any real suffering of that type, I believe that God was so good to take Billy that way. And I thank Him for it today. Well, she went on to list a large number of items that had come to her mind as objects of praise and thanksgiving. And you know what it did for Ma Sunday? It lifted her out of that deep depression and it released her for a life of continued usefulness and service to the Lord. And I can tell you from my own personal experience that thanksgiving is the corrective for depression. Number two, it's also the opposite of disgruntlement and discontent. You know, it's very easy for us as human beings to become disgruntled and discontented. I think it's our default attitude. That's where most of us revert. No matter how good it is in our life, we see the one bad thing and we become discontent. I tell our staff all the time, I say, guys, you know what? The Lord has called you to, to minister both to joyful, happy, thankful people and also the people who are disgruntled and discontented. You've got to minister to both. But if you have a choice, spend most of your time with the thankful people. Because here's what happened. When we get around disgruntled, discontented people, they'll bring us down. They'll make us that way. We need to be lifting other people up instead of bringing other people down. I, I read something just this past week that I'd like to pass on to you that, that, that points this out. A man wrote this, I am thankful. Get that. I am thankful, number one, for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I've had plenty to eat. Come on now. <laughs> Hang with me here. I am thankful for all the complaining I hear about our government because it means I have freedom of speech. I am thankful for the alarm clock that goes off early in the morning because it means I'm still alive. I am thankful for the teenager who is not doing the dishes but watching TV because that means he's at least home and not out on the streets. I'm thankful for the taxes that I pay because it means I'm employed. I'm thankful for the lawn that needs mowing, the windows that need cleaning, the gutters that need repaired because it means I have a home to live in. I am thankful for weariness at the end of the day because it means that I am capable of working hard. And I am thankful for the parking spot that I find at the far end of the parking lot. Because it means I'm capable of walking and that I have been blessed with transportation. Come on, amen. Guys, let me tell you something. It's all a matter of perspective, is it not? You can choose to be thankful. I believe Thanksgiving is also the opposite of anxiety. We learned that from noticing 
two words in Philippians 4, 6. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. So don't worry about stuff. Instead, be thankful to God. This is a lesson that Ruth Graham learned when her children were rebelling against the Lord. One night while she was abroad, she suddenly woke up in the middle of the night worrying about her son. She said a current of worry surged through her like an electric shock. She lay in bed and tried to pray, but she suffered from galloping anxiety. One fear piling up on another. She looked at the clock and it was 3 o'clock in the morning. She was exhausted, yet she knew that she would be unable to go back to sleep. And suddenly the Lord seemed to say to her, quit studying the problems and start studying the promises. And so she turned on the light, got out her Bible, and the very first verse that she came to was Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. And as she read those words, she suddenly realized that the missing ingredient in her prayers had been thanksgiving. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so what she did was put down her Bible and started praising and worshiping the Lord for who He was and for all that He has done. She later wrote, I began to thank God for giving me this one that I love so dearly in the first place. I even thanked Him for the difficult spots in which God had taught me so much. And you know what happened? It was as if someone turned on the light in my mind and in my heart and the little fears and worries that had been nibbling away in the darkness like mice ran for cover. That's when I learned that worship and worry cannot live in the same heart. They are mutually exclusive. Church, did you hear that? Worship and worry can't live in the same heart. So, thanksgiving is the opposite of and the corrective to depression, discontent, and worry. But here's the question. Is this just an irrational, head-in-the-sand, Pollyanna kind of approach to life? Does it make sense to be thankful when it's our child that is away from the Lord? Does it make sense to give praise to God when we have health problems or when we have financial difficulties or any other kind of problem? Well, that brings me to point number two. Giving thanks is rational to the spiritual mind. In other words, it's logical. It's thoughtful. It is sane and it is sensible to give thanks to God no matter what you're going through. You see, it's not a matter of wishful thinking, but it is a matter of clear, straightforward thinking. I am going to praise God no matter what. I am going to give thanks to God for everything in my life because it's the will of God for me. Notice a couple of things about 1 Thessalonians 5.18. First of all, this verse does not say 
for everything give thanks. The, the Lord isn't telling us to be thankful for the cancer or for the rebellion or for the tragedy. The preposition is be thankful in all things. In the midst of all things, we still have a basis for thanksgiving. And secondly, that basis is found in the overcoming, overarching, overruling will of God. Look at this verse again. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. My understanding is there are two different ways to interpret that. It might mean it is God's will for you to give thanks in all things. Or it might mean you can give thanks for all things because those things represent the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now technically, I suppose as a matter of biblical exegesis, only one of those two interpretations is correct. But you know what? In practical terms, both of those statements are true in terms of their applications and implications. It is God's will for us to give thanks in every circumstance of life. Because God is turning every circumstance in life to our good and using those circumstances to fulfill His good, acceptable, and perfect will in your life. Really, this verse could be considered the flip side of Romans 8.28. Just as a coin has two different sides, so do the truths of God have two sides to them. There is the command side and there's the promise side. The promise side is Romans 8.28. For we know that God works all things for good for those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. Isn't that a great verse? I know that no matter what happens in my life, even bad stuff, God is going to work that and turn that and use that for my good. I believe that as a Christian. I know that as a biblical truth. The command side of that coin is this, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, I, I know the promise side. Well, I believe that. It, it's going to work out for my good. But you know what? When I'm in the midst of the trouble, <laughs> sometimes I don't want to give thanks. But giving thanks is going to help me out a whole lot more than it's going to help God out. You got that? Giving thanks turns my perspective the right way. I like the way William Law, the 18th century Christian writer, put it. He said, if anyone would tell you the shortest, surest way to all happiness and even perfection, he must tell you to make it a rule to yourself to thank God and to praise God for everything that happens in your life. For it is certain that whatever seeming calamity happens to you, if you thank God and if you praise God for it, you turn it into a blessing. This is the reversing effect of redemption. Hang with me here. We're about to get a little deep, but that's okay. You can do it. This is the reversing effect of redemption. You know what happened. Satan brought about sin and pain and death and darkness. Everything is bad. 
But when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, He triggered a reversal of fortunes. Out of sin came forgiveness. Out of death came life. Out of the tomb comes the resurrection. Out of despair came hope. Out of sorrow came joy. Out of pain comes praise. And out of darkness comes light. And when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we receive Him as our Savior and Lord and we love Him and we become the called according to His purpose, we are redeemed. And we have the unfailing promise. We have God's guarantee that all our situations and circumstances in life will be reversed as needed, that all things will work together for good and for glory. And because of that, because of that, it is rational and it is sensible and it is logical to be thankful in all things for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now I preached this whole sermon just to tell you this. I could have told you this at the beginning, but I had to preach the sermon to tell you this. We need to be thankful. And bottom line, we need to be thankful. You know what? Even if your life is a mess, you can still be thankful. There was a young man who was feeling pretty proud of himself. He, he just graduated college. He had taken the CPA exams and passed with flying colors. He was now a full-fledged certified public accountant. His father had been an immigrant to the United States, but now owned a, a little business that he and his wife operated and worked in. And so filled with self-importance, this young man came home and looked at his dad's books and, and talked to his dad about his business and, and the way his dad kept books. And finally he said, Dad, Dad, you don't even know what kind of profit you've made. Over here in this drawer are your accounts receivable and over there are your receipts and you keep all of your money in the cash register. You don't have any earthly idea how much money you've made. The father answered, Son, when I came into this country, the only thing I owned was a pair of pants. Now your brother's a doctor, your sister's an art teacher, and you're a CPA. Your mother and I own our home. We have a car. And we own this little business. Now you add all of that up. Subtract the pants. And the rest is profit. Can I tell you something, dear Christian friend? You know what we need to do? We need to add it up. Church, we need to add it up. We came into this world with nothing but our eternal soul that God gave us. Everything else is profit. Everything else is a gift from Him. My lands, let's be thankful. Amen? Let's give Him praise and gratitude. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you know what we're going to do during our invitation? We're going to give Him thanks. I want you to, to, to think mentally of, of things you can be thankful for, just as Miss Ma Sunday did. 
and come and thank God. Most important thing is this. If you're here today and your heart is not right with Jesus, if you've never given Him your life, it all starts right there. The most important thing is for you to know that you're going to heaven. More than anything else, the most important thing is for you to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And it can only be written down in God's book when you give Him your heart, soul, and mind. When you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, we'd like to give you an opportunity to come and be saved today. If you're a Christian but you're away from God, we invite you to come and get your life right with Him today. And for the rest of us, man, let's just come and praise Him and thank Him and give Him the honor that is due His name. Heavenly Father, I thank You today for Your good Word that's spoken to our hearts and challenged us